0: Good afternoon. Welcome into the run home on ACNZ with Kirsten beeve All thanks to Rotaflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Wherever you are in the North Island right now or the South Island, if you have been affected by Cyclone, Gabrielle, uh, we're thinking about you. Our thoughts go out to you. I'm down in Queensland at the moment and Beaver is broadcasting from the bunker in Waiuku. We'll give you more of an update shortly. But coming up on the Makers menu, thanks to Delivery. Today is Tuesday. It is Teamless Tuesday. We'll give you the topic in a moment. We've got Angus Hines from Met Service coming on. He is a broadcast meteorologist uh, at 4.30 to give you the latest on Cyclone Gabrielle. Beaver sees it, returns just before 5 o'clock and then after... Uh, 5 o'clock. Isaac Boss, former Leinster and Irish legend, of course, joins the programme to talk about Six Nations and the Irish that are absolutely flying at the moment. Brendan Popwell from the TAB will be on at 20 past 5 before Drive to Survive for a $50 TAB bonus set voucher. So listen out for your cue to call, uh, and that'll be at about 5.40. After 6, we've got Laurie Horish uh, out of Australia, who's the Australia and New Zealand ESPN Brecky Show host to talk all things Super Bowl. We've got Hamish Bennett coming on as well, just two days out from the first test between the Black Caps and England at Bay Oval before we name our team list Tuesday. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Bave, happy Tuesday. How are you? How is everything in your neck of the woods considering everything that has hit the North Island in the last 48 hours?
1: Yeah, g'day Kirsi. It's been pretty full on. I mean, there's... Uh, is... Just unbelievable scenes that you're seeing from around the country, and, and I guess the upper north and the Coromandel, and, and I guess places that you know well. And there's 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 new islands on roads. There's there's entire hills wiped out and things like that. So it's been it's been quite a hectic few while a uh, few days. But for us, I mean, nothing major. We've just had what everyone else has had: the wind, the rain, just on the way in. We've uh, our power was out, so we had to we had to muck in the the road as such, and had to cut up a tree that uh, had decided that um, about 2:30 it's this afternoon it was going to fall over so we've just cleared our road with that but apart from that I mean we're we're very much the lucky ones when you when you see what else is going on we've just had to deal with the rain and the wind but uh, certainly thoughts go out to uh, the people in the country who are uh, absolutely uh, have had to evacuate and and, 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 and worse so uh, absolutely thoughts with them.
0: so many people have been affected by this, including our very own Smithy, of course, is tucked up in Hawke's Bay. We hope he's okay there without power, there without internet and without mobile reception uh, down in Gisborne and the Hawke's Bay at the moment, of course. Muriwai, Pihar have all been cut off to Auckland and as you mentioned, Coromandel, Northland they've been hit hard as well. Same with the Bay of Plenty. Bay of Plenty is just it just continues, doesn't it? It continues to be hit, uh, these parts of the country that have had severe flooding damage in the last couple of weeks. So we do hope you're okay. We hope you're safe and continue to check on your friends, family, and neighbors as well. Beeve, it is Valentine's today. And because it's Valentine's and we know you're not much of a romantic at heart, Oof. we thought, well, why not do Tough. Teamless Tuesday in uh, an an honour to Beaver and Valentine's Day? So today's <laughs> Teamless Tuesday. We are calling on you, double eight double three on the temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We want to hear from you on Teamless Tuesday today. And you know what it is? Today's all about love. It is all about love and romance. So have you got any suggestions for us? Anything to do with love or romance? Think of Ruben Love, you know? These are the types of names. Get really clever. Get familiar. Send us some suggestions of who you'd like to put in our team list Tuesday today and where they would fit into our first 15. It It is a team of love today, Beef. A team of love.
1: Well, I mean... I know it's the NRL, but there's no more loving name than Valentine Holmes is there? The great North Queensland fullback and Queensland and Australian representative. It's oh, it screams Steve. It screams a spot, doesn't
0: it? Surely you've got to have Lovin in there.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and the other one that jumps off at me is uh, Derek Rose, of course.
0: Oh yes, mm. Derek Rose. Now speaking of Rose. Uh, yes. Did you buy any roses today? We know that in the past you've been a cheap valentine and you've gone to the flower shop and said, I'll just have anything red. Have you bought well, roses today, B? Well, funny story there. For that wife uh, that puts up with all your trips.
1: <laughs> she, she she does write out of my trips. Don't worry about that, people. Um, no, funny story there. Um, one of the local florists who, uh, who my wife knows uh, must have put up something uh, social media-wise a couple of days ago and says, look, obviously the storm's coming. Going to a big clear out of uh, the flowers I've got available, blah blah blah, and so all of a sudden the wife buys a whole lot of flowers for uh, some people to do her a favour um, last week, and uh, they showed up, and uh, I said, uh, "Geez, that's quite good. How much do they cost you?" And she told me, "Well, why do you make that around two? Uh, Times that by two and tell her come back tomorrow, uh, so we can uh, sort of, sh- I guess, double up and uh, there tick off the Valentines." Uh, Valentine's flowers, so job done, and I also took her out for lunch this morning uh, today. So, uh, I saw that it wasn't very
0: romantic lunch. when there were three children under four uh, that were also munching on sausage rolls. But that's,
1: that's, I mean, when you've had kids, that's your, that's your life, you know. This is, this is a byproduct. <laughs> of the, Yeah, it's a byproduct of the, uh, the lovely relationship we have.
0: Oh, lovely. Okay, well, as long as she had a great day, and did you get yeah. anything in return? Do males ever get never. anything for Valentine's never. Day, or is it just a never. one-way street?
1: Never. I remember at no, primary school. No, it's just a one-way. Okay. At primary school, I used to get the old um, letter sort of stuffed in my desk at school, um, but that was that was about it. By who? Oh, I don't, I don't want to shame them Do now. Do you remember? I mean, was it Little oh, little Ruby I, or I never, I never Rachel? I, I never forget. <laughs> um, I never forget. But, you know, I don't want to shame You've them you still now, got but, the letters. Yeah, framed. Um... And what about yourself? Does GT worry about that? Or considering he's he's going up, over and beyond this week, uh, maybe maybe not?
0: <laughs> no, uh, I think I barely got a happy Valentine's Day this morning. I don't even think you remembered, to be honest with you. Um, but as I said last week, look, I'm not bothered by it either. We've got too much us going on.
1: I was going to say, if if you were stringing him out about uh, not providing on Valentine's Day of all weeks this week, I'd question you. I'd really question you. I got a happy
0: Valentine's Day from his mum this morning.
1: Oh, brilliant. Brilliant.
0: Mm, That was lovely.
1: And any cooking lessons yet?
0: No, no. you You know, I'm such a disappointment in the kitchen. I've told you this before. And even if I try, it's not right. So it's just not worth trying. I get in trouble or I just get, I get looked at like, what are you doing? Like, do not touch that. You're making things worse.
1: You're getting a week. do not tell episode. you about Christmas time? Well, you knew that you weren't going to at do anything.
0: At Christmas time, I tried to be nice and I tried to, I tried to bake something in the oven. Oh, I tried to make a key lime pie and um, I must've overfilled the tin. <laughs> and it leaked through the oven, and about 20 minutes later, the oven is smoking. This is a beautiful chef's kitchen that you should never damage or touch. The oven is literally black with smoke, and the whole kitchen's nearly on fire, and it's because I, I had too much key lime pie filling in there, and it spilled all through the oven, and I didn't realize.
1: Um,
0: so j- I haven't j- touched j- the kitchen.
1: <laughs> You're just you just stuck to making onion dips. Uh, can you explain to me what a key on pie is?
0: Anything that you don't have to cook. What's a key well, pie? it looks really good, a key lime pie. It's um it's it's sweet but sour. It's exactly what you can imagine. I think it's got like condensed milk and lime juice. Um it's it's like a lemon meringue pie basically, uh, but gotcha. with lime instead of lemon and it doesn't have the meringue on top.
1: Oh, sensational. Delicious. Um,
0: You'd love it. It's really sweet. But yeah, yeah well, that's why I'm not going into the kitchen this week.
1: I think there's a reason GT's got you down there a week earlier. He was hoping that this would be the last box that needed to be ticked on his uh, woman to spend the rest of his life with, but obviously it ain't happening.
0: No, I am, instead, boxes are getting crossed of everything he doesn't want to see. <laughs> it could be a late withdrawal. <laughs> We're in trouble. We're in trouble here. But this is why today's Teamless Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Uh, and happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you out there as well. If you haven't received a gift, that is absolutely okay. You're getting a happy Valentine's Day uh, from the run home here on SENZ. Now, uh, keep your messages coming through 8833 or 0800 for our Teamless Tuesday, Bevy, you've come up with some wonderful nominations, but you forgot to tell us where they would play. Derek Rose, where's he going?
1: Basketball. Big man. He is a big man. Would he be like Sonny Bill out in the midfield, uh, potentially? Oh. Um, but I tell you what, athletic. Let's worry, very, very athletic. Let's not worry about me. What about some of the Texans already flying in? Um, John Hart as coach from Tim and Talco. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Yep,
0: great one, Tim.
1: Um Sean Michael's like that too. The coach of our
0: Valentine's it. Day team.
1: He just strikes me as a bit of a romantic. Yeah, me too. Um Sean yeah. Michael's the heartbreak kid As a man could kick play 10. Um has a mean kick could play 10. Sorry, that's from Chris. I like that heartbreak kid. That is that's the sort of creativity we're after. Um WWF boys in the front row. Brother love and dude love from Damon.
0: Love it. Sensational addition.
1: They're flying in here, Kerr. So I like I like the look of what we've got cooking here. Um,
0: Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. We've got some news to address. So let's jump into some headlines. Uh, And the first one: Will Jordan? He has been out of rugby, uh, of course, since late last year uh, with a migraine-related condition. It doesn't. Seem like he will return for the start of Super Rugby, which is under two weeks away. Here is an update from the Crusaders coach, Scott Razor Robertson.
2: It is a migraine. It's not concussion-based. Uh, and he, you know, it's a day-to-day thing with him. We, he trains with us regularly. And a lot of the conversations uh, that he has with the medical group are how he's improving and he's, he's on the up, he's training up. So that's great uh, when he's back and, you know, that's for us. We are not we're unsure. So uh we just work with him and the medical group as best we can. The medical uh privacy and that, but just get, like the broader view was that look, he's tracking really well. Um uh, and he's still got some touch of him. He's made a couple of line breaks at training and uh he, he's still got that side of it. So um look his confidence is improving. So yeah, it's exciting for him that he's training, turning up.
0: And we do hope that he is back out on the field uh, as quickly as possible. I, it's probably a hard one for you to answer, Beef. But if Will Jordan's out there training, how is he not able to get back to playing?
1: Is he yeah, training I mean, without one's...
0: contact? I mean, we need more context there, don't we?
1: Yeah, I want to answer. But from my experience of other guys who have been through similar situations, it's almost like you can get to a level sometimes. And then and then also, I won't say a come down, because, but essentially the, the, the aftermath, what happens that night when he goes home, um, after training, etc., etc. et cetera. So right. it, it's, it is scary, but, I mean, it's scary for any football. It's scary that it's one of the absolute superstars, um, that it's such a prolonged one. But, hey, um, we've seen it. We've seen it happen lately, and, and guys have come back from it. So, you know, you just take raise with what he says and says he is on the improve, and, uh, and let's hope for the best.
0: What does this mean for the Crusaders as they start their Super Rugby campaign? Week one, I'm pretty sure the Crusaders are playing the Chiefs in Christchurch in the opening match on the Friday night, Uh, the 22nd of February. What does this mean for the Crusaders? It actually gives them a little bit more breathing space in that back line because you can shuffle people around and get all their All Blacks on the field, can't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're certainly the one super team in this country that could afford to look after a Will Jordan. Um, as far David Haveli
0: slots back to 15 What do you think?
1: <laughs> he's, he's the obvious one isn't he Because they've Good Goodhue back now uh, Finding Nuku, Braden Enor The midfield Seve Rees wel- Leicester <laughs> You've got your uh, whole back line <laughs> Yeah it, 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 They'll be they'll be content with whoever they're at I mean At some stage they're going to want more Jordan back Without a shadow of a doubt But they will they will be able to cover this Better than absolutely anyone in, in world rugby to be fair So Yeah what a blockbuster opening game Only to kind two its be- way now
0: that is going to be gangbuster, isn't it? It's a it match. I tell you what else D-Mac is going
1: at 10? Yeah, well, Who knows? Who knows? How, do you uh,
0: not know, babe? Uh
1: Look, uh, is he just, or is he
0: not at ten for the Chiefs?
1: I spoke to him this morning, and uh, oh, very. And tight-lipped. Did he ask for advice? <laughs> <laughs> very tight left. Uh, regardless, I don't think he'd be asking advice from me. Uh, texts <laughs> are flowing in for this Valentine's fifteen of ours. Two of the great. Zimbabwe cricketers Andy and Grant Flower as first five and nine. Great suggestion. Of course, it's ironic that uh, the English cricket team are in town because one of the Flowers, I can't remember which one it was, actually coached them. And uh, they were part of It's quite a controversial sort of, I don't know if it was a docker or, or something about them in charge. But uh, certainly in the books, I remember Kevin Peterson certainly didn't hold back. Uh, another one here for Teamless Tuesday, our Valentine's edition. Brandon Flowers former Kansas City Chiefs cornerback uh, from Ted. Brilliant, thank you, Ted. Um, and just a, I guess this is, this is almost like a public announcement sort of um, text here from Brendan. Uh, Afternoon, Beaver and Curse. Jeez, there must be something big happening in Queenstown this week, some stage. Maybe a big A-lister wedding, but there, the Army's here, SAS, extra police, and lots of paparazzi. Haven't seen scenes like this since Bill Clinton or the Royals were in town. That's from Brendan, obviously down in Queenstown. Uh, Send them
0: up our way to look after all of our <laughs> our uh, kit and everything else.
1: Yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so there you go, Brendan. You might be onto something. Definitely high-end a of wedding, I'd suggest.
0: Any other techs? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. That's, that's us at the moment. <laughs> well, here's
0: another suggestion. The Red Roses. You could put the whole team in there. Maybe as the opposing team? Yes. We could go up. This, our Valentine's Day team could go up against the Red Roses double eight, double three on the temperament post text line. Keep your suggestions coming through for our Valentine's Day team. Uh, And when we come back, we are going to talk about these Super Rugby law changes. The time limits that will be enforced uh, for goal kickers, line-out scrums, rucks, the new TMO interruptions, the yellow and the red card rules are changing to make Super Rugby more fan-centric. So more exciting, more interesting for you to watch at home. If you miss those, we're going to run you through the list of changes for the super rugby season coming up in just under two weeks time right after this on the run home. Give us a call at any time on the Makita New Zealand phone line 0800 150 811 or text us on the temper and bedpost text line double eight double three. Temper and bed Post range of mattresses and adjustable bases. Adapt the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Now, I've finally got my text machine working down here in Queenstown and I'm so glad I did because, oh boy these messages that you've got coming in. I didn't realise this is where we were going to go today when we said we were naming a Valentine's team. Our team list of love. That is Teamless Tuesday. Anything associated with Valentine's Day, love, anything like that. Well, we've gone there. We've gone Definitely there several anything. times over, Pete. I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you do the honours. And maybe oh. a few explainers for people that may need oh.
1: it. Well, I mean, for those like of us tuning <laughs> no, those are just tuning in. Uh, it's Valentine's Day, so it's teamless Tuesday. Curse uh, demanded it that it was anything to do with Valentine's, and well, be careful what you wish for, Curse, oh, because uh, when I say Paul, anything to do, with- look at the latest. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I can read. Paul's Honestly, latest I didn't think we would have enough for uh, a full team, but we've Paul. got enough for five
3: teams.
1: <laughs> Paul, one of our great listeners, uh, his first nomination in the afternoon was B.J. Watling. Of course, uh, when I think Valentine's, that's what a lot of people will be thinking. Uh, Fergus, Yeah, Fergus wasn't far behind uh, Paul. He suggested uh, surely Joe Root gets a slot in there. Uh, so we'll nominate at Joe Root. At six or some, at nine. <laughs> yeah, six or at nine. Uh, Brian, uh, he brings it back a little bit to where Curse uh, is wanting this to live. Uh, Lo- <laughs> Christopher Lovejoy, American boxer. He'd have to be in the loose forward somewhere. Thank you, Brian. Uh, we'll take note of that. Rossi. I like Rossi. the suggestion
0: from Tim. Yes.
1: Uh, Valentino Rossi. Yes.
0: Very uh, good, what, Tim. Very good. That's where sport. I thought we were going. I didn't yes. realise we were going for the BJs, the Roots, the Cummings of the world.
1: Oh, yes. Craig Cumming, of course, gets a nomination. I'm sure he'll be stoked with that too. Uh, and position? T- uh, uh, no position at the moment. Uh, Paul, keep them coming though. You might give, better give us a position for Craig. Uh, Cupid at 10 also taking shots at goal with arrow like precision <laughs> there you go uh, <laughs> uh.
0: Aphrodite on one wing and Eros on the other do you, do you know Aphrodite? Um, goddess of love look, I've got a, yes is like, you know oh, Jacob off, you're into your classics the... Of course, of course we shouldn't have expected Beaver to be into that. Yeah,
4: I don't know. I don't know what you, you're you aiming for. A, a target that was very easily uh, missed by Beaver there. Especially uh, after earlier texts. And he didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, let's not great go into that.
0: Messages. Great messages. Thank you so much for sending them through. Keep them coming. Double R, double three. You are entertaining us, that is for sure. This is Teamless Tuesday, brought to you by Kennet's Hire, making your jobs easy. Kennet.co.nz. But we're going to get back to the news. The Super Rugby law changes. I think we should go through them one by one, B. There's some very, very interesting things to make this Super Rugby season more excited. Uh, The first one, time limits. Time limits will be enforced for kicks at goal, lineouts, scrums, and rucks. So basically, the referees will have a stop clock – 90-second time limits on conversions, 60 seconds for penalty kicks, 30 seconds for scrums and line-outs to be set, and five seconds for the ball to be used at Rucks. What do you think of the first rule change?
1: Yeah, I like it. I mean, the five the five seconds at Rucks has actually been there. It's been there forever and a day but no one's ever enforced it. It goes back to the days where teams are running down the clock with three minutes to go and they just leave it at the back of a ruck, do a pick and go, it'll take 30 seconds at a time. So that's been there forever and a day. I just hope it's enforced. The scrum thing's great, as long as it's enforced. Remember, coaches and players will be finding ways to get around it. There'll be guys going down on knees saying we can't pack a scrum and what have you. The goal-kicking thing, again, 60 seconds has always been there. So it's almost like now they're saying, OK, we've got these rules, we're going to police them. Because they have that 60-second thing's been there forever and a day. And I just I just hope that they're policed. The fact that they've come out and made a stance about them, they need to, because for all the criticism that was aimed at that French referee and that Bledozo Cup, he actually did a job, you know. And, and hopefully that might have been the start of things, to shake this up, and that may be why we are here now. I mean, obviously people in Australia still probably won't forgive them for that, but uh, I, I think... We need it because it is such a slow game. When you allow lineouts to be set at slow pace, scrums to be reset after someone wants to tie a shoelace, ball to be left at the backs of rucks, we need to we need to speed this thing up and make people fatigued.
0: Have you liked the way that the Six Nation is being patrolled?
1: I have actually. Uh, I actually watched Judah. My kids and their sleep issues. I watched the entire French Island game, and I'm glad I did. It was uh, it was certainly a crack of the first 45 minutes, 50 minutes of the game it was absolutely brilliant. Both teams going at it. Wayne Barnes, I know he's, I know I shouldn't, I won't bring it up if Ted's listening, um, but he is a wonderful referee, really is. He was confronted with a a potential uh, act of foul play that would have ruined the game had he made what most referees I think would have made. But he took some calmness, took some time about it, gave the guy a yellow card, and we still had one of the best test matches I've seen for a long time. Well,
0: we're going to go deeper into the TEMO and foul play decisions with a couple of other super rugby law changes as well. Our time now for an update with Johnny Mack. Here's news and sport. Be... Keep your nominations and suggestions coming through for Teamless Tuesday, all thanks to Kennard's Hire. Double eight double three is the number to text or 800 Today's Teamless Tuesday is... Well, it's dedicated to love. It is our teamless Tuesday of Valentine's Day. Anything you can think of, anyone, any names associated with Valentine's Day, we have had a number coming through. Get creative and let us know what positions you think these people would play in our first 15. Time now to get an update on the devastating cyclone, Gabrielle, that has ripped through the North Island today, sending New Zealand in a national state of emergency for just the third time in our history. Joining us to talk about it is Angus Hines. He's a broadcast meteorologist from Met service Angus we appreciate your time on the program we imagine it is incredibly busy today and it has been over the last uh, week or two weeks I should say so thank you very much how was everyone how is everyone in the office
5: people in so we've had all there? hands on deck hello can you hear me
0: yeah we've got we've got you there we missed the first
5: 10 <laughs> excellent seconds. sorry. Okay. Uh, Thank how you about so I much for joining to us, Angus.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah,
5: no worries. order. good afternoon. Um, You're bang on. It's been really busy around the office, but we've had all hands on deck and, and people really with nose to the grindstone working hard because we've had to get out frequent uh, updates for all of our forecasts, all of our severe weather, because this has been a crazy weather system which has moved across and, as you said, brought widespread disruption and damage to the country. So it's been a big one.
0: What is the latest on on Cyclone Gabrielle? Where is she heading next?
5: Yeah, well, the current position of sort of the middle of the storm is just off the northeastern corner of the North Island, and it's moving further eastwards as well. So that does mean by and large, it's moving away from mainland New Zealand. So the brighter side of the outlook is that the rain uh, is easing for most places, particularly those most hard hit areas such as Northland, Auckland, Coromandel, uh, even Gisborne, Hawke's Bay. The rain is sort of slowly easing in intensity there, although we do still expect a few scrappy falls for the next day or so. The wind is still really, blowing across the country, mm-hmm. these severe gale southeasterlies, we're looking at 100 kilometre an hour gusts or more, and that's expected to continue for most of the day today before a more substantial dropping or easing in the wind tomorrow so the weather is slowly but surely becoming a little calmer, a little more settled around the country
1: Angus, just how do you, uh, oh, sorry babe, no I was just going to say Angus how do you, obviously you guys are in a difficult position but how, at what stage do you know something like this is coming, how, how yeah. far out can you tell us, hey We're going
5: to be hit here hard, get ready. Yeah, we can get an idea many days in advance often, but it's, it's not the detail that you sort of need to really be able to hone in on the severe weather warning. So I think we started tracking this thing maybe about a week or eight or nine days before it first uh, made its way towards the country. But at that point, you know, when you're a week out, you're really just talking in probabilities. You're saying there's a chance this comes our way. It could bring big weather, but you can't really lock in on those details. We can start to get a bit more confidence three, four, five days in advance, and that's when we start to issue our severe weather outlook, saying, hey, this is looking like the real deal. We are expecting some pretty major weather to come our way. And then sort of two days ahead of time is when we're really starting to lock in on the details and saying, yeah, it looks like the wind could get 140 kilometres an hour. We could get 250 mil of rain in Gisborne, that kind of thing. So we can flag it from a long way away, but you just increase in confidence and certainty in the forecast the closer you get.
0: We obviously get the pictures that, that are on the news every night. I'm talking about the isobar maps and, and whatnot when watching the weather. But what are you looking at? Are you just looking at a much more complicated picture than an isobar than what we see?
5: Um, well, we're, we're looking at isobars for sure, but we're looking at a whole lot of other things as well. So there's plenty of information which is coming in all the time uh, when we're here assessing the weather and preparing the forecast. A lot of it is observational data, so it's sort of measurements of what's happening right at the moment and whether that's measurements of rainfall, measurements of wind strength, atmospheric pressure, waves, all that kind of stuff. So we've got a lot of measurements and observations coming in, including radar and satellite imagery as well and then we get a lot of uh, computer projections of how things might be changing so isobars are one of the things we look at but there's a whole lot of other things that we're all incorporating into the forecast too.
0: Now we heard you're a major sports fan Angus just like everyone that listens right here on the run home uh, <laughs> what are the chances that Tottinger is going to stay clear for the first test between the black caps in England we're just two days away?
5: Yeah, we are just two days away. I'll tell you what, I think it's probably a little soggy on the outfield at the moment. Um, I am a, a major sports fan and cricket's my number one, so I have been having a bit of an eye on this one. Uh, look, I think there's going to be many sessions of, the, of play over the five days that get through unscathed. There are a few kind of showery areas in the forecast uh, for a couple of the days play. So we might not get the full five days, but you know, if New Zealand only needs three and a half to win, then we're probably all right.
0: Well it sounds good to us. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Angus. We appreciate you coming on the program. Uh, and all the very best over the coming days as well.
5: Thanks, Ev. Thanks very much for having us.
0: Thank you. Doing a wonderful job. Angus Hines joining us there out of Met Service Head Office. He's a broadcast meteorology meteorologist breaking down the cyclone Gabrielle and everything that has hit New Zealand shores over the last couple of days it is scary but it sounds like the worst of it is behind us B so now it sort of turns to the cleanup, doesn't
1: it yeah absolutely the clean up will go on for some time and uh, in the year we can hopefully crack on and potentially get a summer out of all of this
0: hope so because the South Islands had a, a wonderful summer I must say
1: yeah yeah, might have to all pack up sticks and move down there to uh, to get a bit of it. But uh, yeah, no, great to get Angus on, and uh, it'd be nice if we can get that three and a half day result that he's talking about with the black caps. I I couldn't help but notice uh, one of the uh, the big names of the uh, English cricket team, James Anderson, came out yesterday and said uh, if we have to forfeit innings, we will just to keep keep the game going. So that is well and truly their mindset. They are absolutely. Here to get a result and uh, keep the tempo of the game very upbeat.
0: You wouldn't expect anything else, though, would you? After what we've seen uh, over the last twelve months. Now keep your nominations coming through for Teamless Tuesday. Double eight, double three, or eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Anything to do with Valentine's Day? Anything to do with love? We've had some great suggestions. Keep them coming through, and we're going to get back to these new Super Rugby laws that are being trialled and tested, in the competition starting in just under two weeks' time. It's TMOs when we come back. First fifteen. Today's Teamless Tuesday is anything to do with Valentine's Valentine's Day. I didn't realise we were going to go here, but we've had all sorts of nominations, Steve, um and no shortage of team members either to play in this Valentine's Day team, coached by the one and only John Hart.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, Valentine's Day means different things to, um, to different people, um, Curse. And, and obviously, we've had a few nominations, like your flowers and your heartbreaks, which um, mm-hmm. made a lot of sense, and I guess where a lot of us thought we were going, but then you've had some other ones. Uh, the great Kiwi. Cricketer Watling uh, got a got a nomination. Um, also, the superstar of English batting lineup about to hit our shores, and young Joe Root got a um, mention too. And, and we've got some here, multiple nominations for a guy I can't quite recall in, in my um, memory. It might be a bit older. Uh, Jean Condom uh, is um, a French international rugby union player. He played as lock. Uh, that's coming from Kenya. He must Anna, not Anna, <sighs> It doesn't strike me as someone I do remember, but. Uh, Look, I was never very good on keeping up with uh, who we were playing. Um, the Honey Badger actually gets a nomination from uh, from Cookie.
0: Well, he was on uh, the Bachelor, was it? He was the Bachelor. Yes, he, of was. he was looking for love, wasn't he? He was looking for love.
3: Mm, honey
0: see. Badger, he was looking for love.
1: Craig's um, Craig's text here is a beauty. Uh, the team uniform will be supplied by Victoria's Secret. Hugh Hefner is team manager, and Stormy Daniels is hooker. There you go. That is uh, makes sense, although not sure I want that team kit for a few of these nominations uh, that have been that have been nominated here tonight, uh, and, there's a, and there's even a crossover into equestrian there, Kirst.
0: Where's the equestrian one, Bev?
1: Oh, t- Tim, Tim's thrown in a couple actually. You take your pick on Tim's uh, Texas.
0: Well, I'm looking at one another nomination in for Valentine Holmes at 13. Yes. Uh, so he may be able to partner Derek Rose.
1: Yes, in the midfield.
0: Who who are you nominated? Um Dick Johnson has been nominated by Tim. Where's Dick Johnson slicing? Um
1: him? yeah, I'm not I'm not sure where you'd put him. Is he a dashing winger, maybe? Um The German Christian writer, writer Fanny Schmeller from Tim also. There you go. That's another nomination. So yes. Valentine's not, Day. It's Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Valentine's. I'm just
0: looking for the connection there.
1: Yeah, it was Valentine's Fifteen. It's uh who would have thought where we were in the up, but it is your team after all, people. Fantastic it is your stuff. Team.
0: Any connection to Valentine's Day, let us know who and where they are playing in our first 15 today. It's always fun doing this with you. So thank you so much for all of your messages. Back to the Super Rugby rule changes for 2023. We're getting straight into it. Uh, time limits will be enforced for uh, kicks, at goal lineouts, scrums and rucks. We've already gone over that. The TMO interruptions will be restricted to serious, clear and obvious, dangerous play. This is where it gets interesting, Bea. So when foul play is committed on the field, the referees uh, can instantly give a red card for the full match send-off if it is bad enough, or the referee can send uh, the player off for 10 minutes, give them a yellow card, and play will continue. Uh, and the TMO will then, while play is continuing on the field, will then have eight minutes to decide whether that yellow card stands as a yellow card and just 10 minutes off the field, or if it's upgraded to a red card, which means you miss that player for 20 minutes. But they don't stop and look at 100 different replays. If they know it's foul play, they send them off, and then they decide what level of foul play.
1: Okay, that's good. I like, I like that. I was just trying to work out why we're doing this whole um, eight-minute working out for the TMO, but if it's to stop us from having that situations where we're all parked up on the big screen for five well, minutes. Well, surely it is. It.
0: Why us? Would yeah. it? You know, you're, you're not looking at all those replays. They decide, yep, foul play's been committed. You're off. Um, and if it's bad enough, you get the red card for the match. So there's two different red cards now. There's a 20-minute yeah. red card or a full, uh, red card for the match. Do, is, it, is it getting a bit messy? Will this oh. be dramatic? And is this what the game needs? What do you think of these rules?
1: I don't get the 20-minute and full red card. You're either... It's foul play enough to be red card or it's a yellow card. To, to, in my well, view. it's so
0: that a, a team isn't without with a player down for 60 minutes, isn't it? So it doesn't ruin the game.
1: Back when I was growing up and, and in the first part of my time, foul play was red. Genuine foul play was red. And you were binned if you'd committed a professional foul. There was no in-between, you know? So I just... I just this twenty-minute red card and can be replaced. Like what? What determines the level of foul playness? A kick in the head as opposed to a high tackle. Like what? Are you, what are you talking about here? So, I think I, I still don't like the twenty-minute red card. I, you're either gone or you. But
0: what not. about the accidentals? You know, like Caleb Clark who uh,
1: knocked
0: a player out with his.
1: Just yellow. And like things like the. The things that I hate, and I thought we were going to see some in the weekend, but Wayne Barnes refereed it superbly. The collisions in the air, both guys trying to catch a ball, and they come down spectacularly. And we've seen that turn into a red card.
0: Angus Tatevall in Dunedin last year. Yes. Obviously, he couldn't come back on because he no. wasn't in a state. But should should he have been sent off for the whole game, or should he have been yellow-carded? That was an well, accidental head collision.
1: In a tackle. I tell you what, there's an interesting one over the weekend that uh, I actually worked overtime. You say, when you were having it off, and and jumped on with the boys from Aussie, and they were talking about the Frenchman big prop, uh, Kiwi, I think he's Kiwi-born, actually. Winnie. Winnie. Winnie Antonio? He Yeah, he put a magnificent hit on the Irish hooker. Magnificent. And absolutely cut him in half. And we slowed it down to all sorts of portions live. And referee Wayne Barnes let it go at the time. And then they came back to it because some little man sitting up in the stand wanted to be heard on TV. And so they brought it back to him, they analysed it, analysed it, because this was a great game unfolding, and you were thinking, oh no, we're going to ruin this by playing 14 men. Thankfully, Wayne Barnes in charge had the, I guess, the feel of rugby enough to say, right, if I send this guy off, it's ruining the game. It was just a good hit. His head got in the wrong place. His His shoulder hit him around that sort of chest area, and then it glanced up. But Wayne Barnes, in his explanation, said, look, a lot of it was whiplash, there was no direct, direct contact from shoulder to head, so it's just a yellow card. So uh, I don't think 80% of the referees that we see in World Rugby would have gone down that route. Wayne Barnes is almost a law to himself, thankfully, and uh, he went down that route. But that's the thing for me. Like, that's, <laughs> there's no way that can be a red card. Maybe that's where your 20-minute red card comes in, but um, they certainly, I understand what he's saying, they certainly there appears different to be scenarios it? differences there? but foul play to me foul play in my mind is intentional i don't see i don't see a lot of these tackles that end up being a yellow red card are intentional i know that sounds a dumb thing to say but no one goes out for intention to try and chop someone's head off unless you see a big coat hanger forearm um, cocked ready to hit someone oh I, I just I think see you it a little saw bit that different.
0: in cape Town last week <laughs> That was self defence. That was self defence. You would have been red carded for the match, but if you're lucky, it was just tens.
1: They were wanting to give me a good super rugby.
0: That is super rugby laws. Keep your messages coming through double eight double three on the Team Trent Bead post text line for Teamless Tuesday. Our team, our first fifteen of Valentine's related names.
1: This is how Beaver sees it. Well, I'm glad that we are looking like coming out of this horrific storm that's smashed in north island because when we got the four-day emergency preparation call from the government my wife took it upon herself to get our shopping done she doesn't like me doing the shopping apparently i'm too basic for essentials focused well i'm glad as i said that we're coming out the end of it because when i came home to see the bags and bags of groceries i couldn't help but notice when i actually went to cook the kids their dinner over the weekend All I could find was six boxes of ice blocks. Now, I'm not sure what essential part that was when faced with such circumstances, but it certainly taught me a lesson that if you need to pack down for survival, my wife is not the person you want doing the shopping. SENZ.
0: Oh, I think those uh, six blocks of ice block would come in handy, babe. At least she's not buying 20 packs of toilet paper and uh, bread and flour.
1: Bread would have gone a long way. Bread would have gone a long way. Uh, now I've just got a mountain of choc bars to get through. Yep.
0: This is The Run Home with Kirsten Beebe. All thanks to Mick Delivery. Great to have you joining us today on Tuesday. Teamless Tuesday it is. Uh, and today, if you missed out, we're naming our first 15 of a Valentine's-related sides. So we've had nominations Courtney Love, Derek Rose, John Hart to be the coach. Uh, Valentine Holmes has been nominated. Valentino Rossi, Karma Sutra has also been nominated. Beef can play all positions, including the bench.
1: Yes, I saw that one. Uh, the Love, the Love boys, Ruben Love, is, uh, as boys continue to get a mention uh, from all across the place. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm up with my I've seen I'm just, your name. Yeah, well, I've seen, I've seen yeah, your I've name
0: seen, pop up on the. And I don't know if that's a nomination for Teamless Tuesday.
1: Yeah, Stephen Donald. I'm not quite sure the connection there. Um, yeah, from Fergus. Thank you, Fergus. Um, there's another. <laughs> there's another suggestion here. This uh, Mark Henry, uh, known as Sexual Chocolate in WWE. He, uh, I thought he was yes. the World's
4: Strongest Man, not Sexual Chocolate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I left the, it's been a while since I've watched my WWE on a Sunday. Uh, but I'll have to catch up with uh, that. This Indian cricketer, I might call him Jacob now. Yes. Jacob, do you know this Indian cricketer?
3: Hardik, Pandya. Pl-
1: yeah. yeah am, I, am I getting played there? That's, no, no, that's he's a,
4: he's in the team at the moment. He's in the N- okay. Yeah, he's a key yeah, He's a key yeah. figure. He's a stalwart.
1: <laughs> well, I bet he is. Uh, thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. Uh, well, played. well played. You almost had me.
0: Thank you very much. Keep them coming through as well. Your nominations for Teamless Tuesday today are love-related Team List. And happy Valentine's to all of you listening out there as well. Uh, other news today, Beeve. Big news, in fact. Two days away from the first of two tests between the Black Caps and England. First one at Bay Oval in a couple of days, of course. Kyle Jamison, Matt Henry, both out. Matt Henry out of the first test. He's waiting uh, on the birth of his first child. Kyle Jamison has been ruled out of both tests. After the stretch fracture and his back keeps giving him grief so in comes Jacob Duffy Scott Kogeline as well but the more interesting thing is Trent Bolt is back he's back in New Zealand at home and as we know he lives in Mount Maunganui so he's probably a kilometer or two at the max away from Bay Oval. was never considered and never called by coach Gary Stead here's what he had to say
1: with the two guys
0: unavailable, was there any temptation or any chatter to call Trent Bolt and see if he'd
6: come and play in these two test matches? Yeah, but look, we've uh, we've spoken with Trent Bolt recently, and um, it's been decided since he, I guess, gave up his his contract that we would give priority to uh, the locally contracted and domestically contracted players. So, and we've done that on this occasion.
1: So, I mean, it would take like a, in moving forwards a lot of injuries to a lot of players for him to. Be given another opportunity then in the test team.
6: I think. Well, I think with the way the um, uh, world of cricket is moving so quickly at the moment, then um, I think it would be remiss of me to make too many predictions around what it might look like in the future. Um, I think it's something that, that I know we as New Zealand cricket and the, and the Players Association will keep working through and understanding what that will mean for us in the future. But I mean, it's changed a lot in the last six months, so I, I don't want to really predict what it'll be like in the next six months. Okay, thank you.
7: Do we know, if, um, is Trent here, is he in New Zealand, is
6: he back? He's, he's back from, um, from UAE, yes. He's in, he's in the mountains, is he? Uh, he? lives about 20 minutes from here. Okay. Yep.
1: So no, no discussions overnight with him about...
6: Uh, we, we've discussed it internally, but our, our decision was was not to go with Trent on, on this occasion.
0: That is Gary Stead, coach of the Black Cap, speaking from Mount Monganui on Trent Bolt. And would you have called him in, Beef? What would you have done for this first <sighs> test? Would you have given these young guys an opportunity because it is a great opportunity uh, for Duffy and Kugeline uh, or would you have given the old master a wee bow and said, you know what, come on down?
1: Oh, look, I mean, rock and a hard place stuff. I mean, the cricket lover in you, the black cap supporter in you says, without a shadow of doubt, I'll go and pick him up myself and drive him to the ground. But you can understand what Gary said saying. You know, because it's an, it's it's not quite at the point of hey let's let all our rugby players play the season we'll still pick them, but it would get very close to that. If you all of a sudden at the very first sign of a few injuries against a big opposition and a test that you desperately want to win, say uh, I tell you what, um, Victor Vito's playing in France. We need a number six this week. Let's get him back to play for the All Blacks. You know, and then you just open the floodgates. So I just think it's at the first turn, they could not have buckled on this as so far as... they've done as, the right thing, according I to me, I think they've done the right thing, although me being the Black caps' put I'd love to have seen nothing more than Trent Bolt ripping Oh, and Jacob
0: English. going down for the five days wants to see him
1: too. Oh,
4: absolutely. <laughs> Why would you not? I one don't. of the best Bye, cricketers in the world.
1: Of course you would do. Of course you do. But what I'm saying is I can completely understand Gary Stead's stance on this because what's he then telling the fellas that he is giving these... Central contracts too, which they're not a whole lot of money. I mean, these guys would have been number 19 and 20 on the contract list. It's not massive coin. Good for these guys. Absolutely.
0: We'll have more on cricket a little bit later on because coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, just around the corner, we've got Isaac Boss on the line, standing by, we've got Brendan Popwell from the TAB in about 15 minutes. Drive to Survive, we'll play that just after half past five. News and sport update with Johnny Mack. Listen out for your q quarter, to, to win that $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. We'll find out how Beavers bested on Friday too. After six, we chat Super Bowl with the ESP in Australia and New Zealand. Brekkie Show host Laurie Horish. Hamish Bennett is on the program as well to talk cricket, to talk the test, to talk Trent Bolt. Uh, these injuries that we've had as well uh, and predict what's going to happen over the next five days. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door.
1: This is the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mac Delivery.
0: Here's our feature interview today. We're lucky to be joined by a Leinster and Irish legend, Isaac Boss. Bossy, great to have you on the program. We'll celebrate that Irish victory uh, with you shortly in Ireland, ending France's 14-match winning streak. But first, happy Valentine's Day. You're much of a romantic yourself?
2: Uh, no, nah, just sitting here with a dog, actually. and uh, <laughs> I probably feel like, um, like a lot of uh, wives at home. He's been trapped inside, so... And away and not to uh, not too impressed with things. So sounds like a lot of people that might not be at work back home with their wives and
8: they're
1: not impressed either. Uh Bossy. Uh brilliant to have you on the show, uh to talk Valentine's and Six Nations. Six Nations, unbelievable weekend. Uh Kirst touched on it. The the blockbuster game, Ireland and France. Uh still after watching that, the two best teams going around, you reckon?
2: it was actually a really good quality game wasn't it especially that first half um, yeah. and they're playing some quite exciting rugby what uh, really probably impressed me more I thought France might have finished it off now I was in Dublin so that's you know it is a hard place to win and I think you notice with the, the Six Nations how hard it is to actually um, beat anybody at home but uh, yeah probably one of the main talking points I thought was um, Johnny Sexton went off with 30 mm. minutes to go and the game was a one score but they managed to close out and uh yeah, so they're starting to develop a real depth around them and um, and they're looking looking very, very strong. Yeah, Ireland, uh, yeah, it was great. Great rugby all around, I thought.
0: Surely this Irish side really is the real down now, bossy. Beaver keeps uh, being pessimistic, saying no, they'll fall at the hurdle come World Cup time. They just don't have that World Cup winning experience yet. But after what you are seeing, how are they not favourites heading into the World Cup?
2: Yeah, I think, well, it's, it's one of those... Um, one of those double-edged swords is that no one sort of wants to be favourites. Um, and uh, they've got South Africa in their pool. We know we've got France. We're all on the same side. So you get, you're get going to have the best nations in the world knocking each other out. Uh, this, in some ways, you'd rather lose one now than come into uh, the World Cup, which quite happens quite often. You know, France, first time they've lost in 14 games, but Ireland have won, I think, 15 in a row now at um, uh, at the Aviva Stadium as well. So, uh, yeah, it's... It was down. It was right down to the end. I, I think they're still. I think they're looking red hot favourites. You know, um, for it. They can't. They can't argue it. They like being the underdog. They like telling mm. people that as well. Uh, I think they're still trying to put them down uh, themselves down as that and coming under the radar. But they're not coming in under the radar at all. They got great depth. Uh, and interestingly enough, their under-20s are looking like they're going to do a Grand Slam in the under-20s competition that goes simultaneously with uh, the Six Nations at the moment. They won it last year, and they look like they're going to win it again this year, and they're looking very, very strong as well, so they've got depth across the board.
1: Wow. Well, see, watching watching Ireland the weekend, uh, and I guess, under Joe Schmidt, they were a very organised, detailed team, but it's it's interesting, you watch them in the weekend, and I'd say they are vet and then some, even now, that first try, for example, was off a kick, a kick from France, one ruck, and it was a plan, structured play, without a shadow of a doubt. You don't just do that off the cuff. Um, but it was beautiful to watch. Their organisation under Farrell, where's all this coming from?
2: Yeah, I think they've just, um, they had the foundations there, and that move obviously is a, a stock movie move that we've been doing for the last 10 years, but they just brought it in a different um, facet of play. essentially off a set piece or something like that. They brought it into their counter and, and working towards it. But um, look, I, I totally agree with you. They've, they've gone, physically I think they've gone to a new level. They're they're very strong. They're winning all the collisions, but they're also doing it at a pace that you, you can't keep up with, which is, I think that's the, the biggest issue. That's, it looks like off the cuff, it's quite, uh, cuff is quite structured still, but they're all known exactly where they are. They're, their props are playing ball players like you know that you would only put down to what New Zealand would um, in the past, you know, and they're all doing it at high speed, right on the advantage line and things like that. So I think they're just narrowing those margins right at the point of contact, while still keeping their, their pace about the game, which is has been pretty good to watch, to be honest.
0: You mentioned the fact that the four top nations in the world are going to cross over. What did we learn about France for that opening pool match between the All Blacks and and France?
2: Yeah, I think um, France are always going to be there or thereabouts, and uh, I know you would be the same um, when you've played them. They, they always threaten to pull away sometimes and never do, but they also threaten to get beaten and never do. They, they like bringing it down to a to an arm wrestle and they can win that way. I think it'll come down to a score or two. Um, it'll just be for them. I think it'll be you know the pressure of the first match. Whoever will lose that first match it might be a blessing in disguise for them, you know. So um, I think. They've got a bit of depth too. Um, some of their players have been absolutely awesome for them the last couple of years. Like Dupont's been a little bit quiet the last couple of um, couple of games, not as usual game breaking self. I think um, they've got an exciting back three um, with some some new talent out there as well. But they're going to. It's the size of them. You can you still play at pace. I think is what what's going to beat France.
1: Yeah, watching that the weekend certainly the French look like they fatigue. fatigued. I I thought Intermac didn't really feature. Um, in the game either, but uh, DuPont, I know you said he was a touch quiet, but geez, he looks on another level compared to any other nines in the world when you when you saw him in the weekend as far as Everything's based off him, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is It is based off him. Of, when I say quiet, it's quiet by his standard, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's yeah. usually... He's got making breaks, got setting tries up, scoring tries, you know, and he's not doing uh, four or five like exceptional things like that in the game. You think he's been quiet, but he's, he's outstanding in, in terms of all those aspects. But I do think we forget Oh, I do not look good, but it comes down a lot to that um, James Lowe try, and I don't know if many of the listeners have seen it. I thought it was <laughs> yes. very, very
1: dubious. You know, uh,
5: his
3: was and, out. Uh,
1: when, when the world's when the world's biggest hot dog doesn't celebrate, you know it's not a try. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> and if
2: uh, you've seen his Instagram, like I know you have, he's been putting up yes. pictures of it as well, but none of them actually show you know it shows the foot of the year, but the ball of the year as well. None of them actually shows the time of the try, the time he scored. Um. Oh, crikey! Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. What, that's, they were unlucky there So so easily, that's what I mean A, a one score game, and we're still talking about how awesome Ireland were But quite easily, if that didn't, that didn't go their way And the very last try, um, Gary Ringrose uh, scored a good try to win it But um, that was a bit of sloppy defence And they were probably yeah. trying to hold out Thinking they're chasing the game um, And put those two together, they don't happen If that other try hadn't scored there at a different end of the pitch um, they're, they're playing to score points, not hold out, you know
0: you talk about Ireland being good, which they have been, but how about Scotland as well? They've been absolutely flying in the first few weeks.
2: Oh, Scotland's, Scotland's been absolutely brilliant. They're playing a good brand of rugby too. Don't yeah. forget my took it All boys, Sean Maitland, still in the squad there. He's been called back <laughs> in. He hasn't featured hasn't featured yet. But, um, yeah, no, they've, they're, they're very good. Finn Russell's been, again, been classed yeah. for them, but they've got a great back line uh, in general. You know, um, the two South Africans on the wing, Um that have been class, and uh, there's nicknaming Tui Peloto and Hugh Jones in the centre. Mm. They're nicknaming them Hughie Peloto, I think, but they've been pretty damaging. So, uh, yeah, they're playing an, an outstanding game of, um, game of rugby as well. It's actually been really good to watch.
1: Yeah. Well, poor, again, it's poor, not- poor old Gatlin won't be saying that, though, will he? No. <laughs> no, no. He's had a rough reintroduction. I tell you what, it just highlights the, I guess, the criminalness of this early draw. Of of uh, world Cup rugby because I don't know if you realise, bossy, but Scotland again teamed up with Ireland in pool play, but South Africa as well. If geez, at the moment, three of the best teams going around in world rugby. Yeah, that that is exactly right. That early draw, eh? And if you look
2: at it, all the other none of the teams we're talking about being, <laughs> that are playing well at the moment are all on the other side of the draw. Mm. Um, you know, you're talking about your England, you're talking about your Wales. You're, you know, your Australia and Australia. things like that—they're—they're they're all on the same, <laughs> all on the same side of the draw, which is um. Well, who else is fourth in there? And you know, that that could come through as a Pacific Island team, and that's where you, you know it's cool—you might get a, a bolter out of the, out of the Pacific Island PG. teams into that playoff, But yeah, and and I and I do think they can get in there. But you really want you know, you, it's When you've got, season must be. Uh, last I looked at it, it was four of the top five. It might be women six of the top. Eight or something on that side of the draw, which is is a bit tough, you know.
1: And what do you make of the that, bossy, oh, oh sorry, I was going to okay, say, go Isley li- is li- Bossy, are they, did they know the writing's on the wall as far as they might get replaced by Georgia and all of a sudden they're putting in their, probably their best Six <laughs> Nations for quite some time?
2: Yeah, they're going class, aren't they? Now they've actually gone really well at under-20s
1: levels for the last couple yes. of years as well, so there has been some pretty good
2: development of the younger guys coming through. Uh, and I know Kieran Kelly does a lot with their underage and right through the board there. And he always has, um, but yeah. And the young guys they've got coming through. You have got Tommaso Allen, um, he's been in there for a while now. At ten, he's actually playing really good. Um, they've got a guy Minicello, who has been there for a little bit now as well uh, on the wing. He's very strong. But the young fellow um, Capucho, and Capucho, is playing really well at fullback. So they've got they've got their strong forwards, but they've got some young boys coming through and. Yeah, you're right. It's sort of they all seem to be staying fit, which is the key for them. I don't think they'll threaten. I think.
8: Uh, well actually, what pool are
2: they in? I'm, I'm trying to remember. They're in. Uh, are they in Alpul? They are. The, yes, uh... They are. Yeah. So they. They are. They, yeah. So they. I don't think they'll. They'll feature around the World Cup, but um, and yeah, they're getting close again. But they. That game against England the week in England were terrible. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> uh, they still managed to win, but uh, it wasn't wasn't enjoyable to watch.
0: Rebuilding phase, uh, they were in a rebuilding phase at the moment. Bossy, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been fun just like watching the first couple of weeks of Six Nations and hopefully you enjoy the rest of your Valentine's Day. <laughs> Stay safe.
2: <laughs> oh, this is a highlight. All right, guys, appreciate it.
0: <laughs> thank See you, you Isaac Boss, joining us there. Out of Tokoro, he would be at the moment, would he? Or Cambridge? Yeah, uh, probably Cambridge. Um, tour. He'll be in yeah, the heart of the Waikatoa at the, the heart, moment. In the heart of it. Great to chat Six Nations with him. I've just got two messages I have to read here regarding Trent Bolt and the Black Caps. Cam has said Trent Bolt is the ex-girlfriend. Move on. Stop knocking on his door late at night. (laughs) But... It's Valentine's
3: Brian.
0: Day. It's Valentine's Day. We're all lonely. Yeah, that's
4: true, Dave. Come on, come <laughs> back, come back, Trent. Today's the
0: day, if you're ever going to do it. Brian says, if the Black Caps had to win this series against England to claim the Test Championship, do you think Trent would be playing? I definitely yes. think yes. If that's the case, the Black Caps have already conceded this series and are only using it to give some players uh, some experience to fringe players, which saddens me, as it is not often with quality side here and to just waste this opportunity. He's got a Fair point. point.
1: Fair point. Absolutely. Very fair and, point, Brian. And don't get me wrong, the fan in me just wants to see Bolt at one end and Serbia at the, the other. Yeah, go, go, go knocking knock on, on the door. The door. Very <laughs> on,
3: late Steve. at night.
4: He's only a few Ks down the road, too. Come on, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> get 30, <laughs> it done. Just
1: send, done. send a text, the road, Gary. Send, a, send a, a late night Not that text.
0: Far. <laughs> double eight, double three. Uh, keep sending in messages to us, and uh, maybe we'll pass those on to Trent Bolt and Gary Stead. No, but seriously, it is Valentine's Day today. And we are naming a first 15 of valentine's related players or people courtney love Derek rose john hart uh, the love brothers all of that where are you placing them in our team and who do you have double eight double three This is The Run Home on ECNZ, and it is Valentine's Day and today we have dedicated our teamless Tuesday, our first 15 to all the lovers out there. Uh, we're talking about Reuben Love, we're talking about John Hart, Courtney Love, anyone you can think of, double eight double three on the Tempered Bed Post text line or 0800 150811 uh, on the phone line. But it's time now to catch up with BP, Brennan Popperwell from the TAB. Uh, bet live in your favourite sports with the TAB app today. BP, have you got any nomina- nominations? Have you done anything lovely for Valentine's Day today?
9: Um, look, I, I don't fall down the commercial black hole um, of, <laughs> Bless. Uh, of Valentine's Day. So look, a kiss and a cuddle and, and, a, and a happy Valentine's Day uh, certainly uh, gets the job done uh, early in the morning. Um, <laughs> in terms of your rugby first 15, look, I know B, if you go down the line of not picking rugby players or league players, but can yes. it... Yes. Valentine Holmes? Valentine yes. Holmes um, in the mixture. And I heard you say John Hart. Uh, what about Robbie Hart? Of course, a, a, yes. a former Black Caps wicketkeeper. keeper. He was very small and nifty. Um, Andy Flower, um, if you really wanted to stretch it, I don't know where Andy Flower could fit into the mixture of a of a rugby team. Uh, and Justin Rose, uh, the golfer. Uh, yes. Someone I'd have somewhere in the middle as well. Um if you're, nice. if you're looking for somewhere where he goes, he might be a winger. I'm not sure. I don't know how much speed he's got. Um, Quickly, uh, Black Caps. We'll jump onto the Black Caps yes. here. Money's down the middle here. Um, I'm not sure what pitch we're expecting, but I'm guessing it might be a pitch that'll have a bit of life to it. Um, and it's right down the middle here. Black Caps have got their supporters, Trent Bolt or no Trent Bolt, 20 <laughs> minutes up the road or not 20 minutes up the road. <laughs> New Zealand at 280, uh, England 222, and the draw 340. Look, rain about, but as I said, will this game even last five days if there's a bit of a green tinge uh, to the wicket. Devin Conway, really well backed in our know, top run scorer market as he is most of the time with uh, Tom Latham at around $5 taking support. And Joe Root, that's the man they
1: want for the, um, the English top run scorer. He's three six five. Well, ironically, funny to mention Devin Conway, top run scorer, I did the, essentially a pocket bit this morning and I pulled out my phone and seen that I'd actually selected it. So I thought, it's as good as a pocket dollar for me. I better go through with it. So I'm actually on Devin Conway. Um, so hopefully it comes through. But uh, mate, the breakers also yep big game coming up. What we were looking there? Yeah, massive. Like um, we've actually taken some good money around the
9: breakers with where they sit uh, at this stage. A uh, dollar and eighty cents has been really well taken. 90% of our head-to-head bets at the moment is all around the breakers. Uh, they were well backed, of course, to to win a couple of nights ago. Then they jumped on the plane early morning. Uh, so it's all one-way traffic here. Punters believe it's it's the breakers who are doing the hard yards. Tasmania, a dollar 92. If you are looking for any sort of other uh, guide in the in the market, the unders for the total points of 164 at a $1. dollar 80 has been played. But if you're looking for the outright winner. Uh, punters believe it's the breakers with all the money around them at
0: $1.80. Very good. Thank you so much for your time, BP, and for our suggestions for Teamless Tuesday as well. Have a great rest of your night. All
9: good. Cheers, guys. You too. Thanks, mate. Brandon
0: Popperwell there from the TAB. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. You've got a couple of options there around the cricket uh, and the NBL, the breakers, uh, coming up tomorrow as well. We'll have live commentary right here on SCNZ from 9 o'clock. Time now for News & Sport with Johnny Mack. 0800 150 811 is the number to call on the Makita New Zealand phone line. But just quickly, B, before we give some money away, how did Beat go on Friday, your first one back in a couple
3: of weeks?
1: Oh, don't get me started, to be fair. We had, uh, I think it was uh, Jamie from Wanaka. He gave us a uh, Super Bowl tip, Mm. and it was around the Kansas City victory and a boosted touchdown for one of their players Jacob will remind me I, I forgot which player it was Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey of course and one of the brothers one of the brothers and so that was about a 350 shot me and staff both picked two rugby ones that came in on and then on Friday we also got this guy from SCN across the ditch who was an expert on the UFC and he and we said mate a UFC bet, bet above all other bets this weekend what's it going to be he said oh Tyson Pedro win by submission. It was paying $5.50 Kirsten. We were like, unbelievable, we're all over this. This is the first bet he thought of, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the Doesn't UFC one. In. The UFC was the only one that didn't come in. Oh it was, bagger. It was, was gonna be about three and a half grand. I had put some money wow. on it myself because my account needed a bit of a an injection because it took a bit of a hiding on Friday night and Saturday from the races, and uh unfortunately didn't come in for us, so we lived to fight another day on Beaver's Best.
0: And that's why we've got to give some more money away today. Let's yes, top up someone's you. TAB account.
1: Rightio, we'll, we'll start in, uh, we'll start at Palmy North, I do believe, with uh, Lemmy. Lemmy, how are you, mate? Oh, oh, hello, guys. Good
9: evening, Stephen. Good evening, Kirsty. Good evening,
0: Lemmy. Yeah, it was a good evening. Hope, Hope you're, you're well... safe and well down there. Yes. Yep, we're feeling well
3: down
1: here, buddy. Awesome. So we'll start lap one, question one, with... A bit of heartbreak for the Black Caps. Which Black Caps have been ruled out of the first test against England today?
3: Oh, um, I
5: don't
4: know. Uh, got, uh, Kyle Jameson?
1: He is one. Are we happy it's with that, Jacob? Or you want the, you want the other one too, Jacob? Or just one?
4: Oh, I'll let you off it, Lammy. You can have that one. Oh, oh. oh mate, you're too much. Hey, and yeah. by
9: the way, Stephen, don't give me a UFC question because I wouldn't <laughs> have a clue. <laughs> well, neither would
1: Skip I. That I, one, I babe. Skip that one, Beeps. Skip that. Neither would I. To be fair, so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll quickly look down. No, you might be safe today. Uh, oh, question, question two. Who has been brought into the black caps? Oh, oh. um, well, oh. um, uh,
3: Flea uh,
1: no,
4: uh, maybe?
8: Front life tires. Yeah, you can see it's sun and a shred.
1: No, Lemmy, not quite, but hang around, mate. It could come back to you. We now go to Lyndon. Lyndon, how are you, mate?
8: I have me, Zay calling off my dad's phone.
1: Oh, g'day, Zay. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Uh, tell me, um, you know, who's been brought into the Black Caps?
8: Scott, who's the line? And, um, Michael and uh, Duffy, Jacob
1: Duffy. It is Jacob Duffy, that is correct. We are up and running now. Question three, lap one. What was the score in this year's Super Bowl?
7: Thirty-eight,
1: thirty-five. Thirty-eight, thirty-five is correct. We're flying now. What is the name of the Kansas City Chiefs kicker that won the game for them?
7: Oh.
8: is that Paul yards or something?
3: His engine has blown.
1: It is not. So we now go to Kobe. Kobe, how are you, mate?
8: Yeah, I'm good. How are you?
1: Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Can you tell me the name of the Kansas City Chiefs kicker that won the Super Bowl for them?
9: Oh no, I did. I did watch the game, but it was my first ever Super Bowl, uh, first ever NFL game I've ever watched. So this is going to (laughs) be pretty bad. I'm just going to take a a wild guess. um, If I can remember, was his name like Lambert or something or not?
3: His engine has blown.
1: Not quite. I see what you've done there. Not quite. Hang around, mate. It could come back to you because we now go back to Lammy and palming off. Lammy, who was that Chiefs kicker that won the Super Bowl for Kansas City?
8: I tried to Google it, but it wouldn't happen to me. So, uh, <laughs> next, please.
3: <laughs> Great oh, <man>. honesty. <laughs> Great well, honesty. we may
0: have to cut it then. We may have to let people Google it overnight and jackpot yeah, we... to a $100 TAV bonus budget. But we do love the honesty from Lammy. We do love the
1: honesty. Yeah, no and if Google's not maybe. going to tell us, if Google's not going to tell us, then, I mean, will. who will? So we'll give go it a night. You
0: and watch the game. Last five minutes.
1: Go watch a bit of My Sky, maybe. Uh, ESPN will still be talking about it. So have a look on any of those channels and you'll have a head start in the game tomorrow when we are chasing 100 from the great yes.
0: boys at the TAB. Yes, tomorrow we'll be back to a hundred dollars. Thank you so much for calling today uh, to Lami, to Zaid and to Kobe as well. Call up tomorrow, and you will have another chance. Let's get back to the text line. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at now, Beef? Because uh, we've got more nominations coming yes. through for Teamless Tuesday today. How about you get stuck into the text machine?
1: Uh, let's let's get stuck into the text machine too, Phil. Obviously. Just joined us in now. What about Joe Root and BJ Watling for the Love Team? Um, Phil, surprisingly, they got very early no- doors nominations from a few of our listeners. Who, I see where your head's at, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> we obviously treat Valentine's Day very similar to you, Phil. Uh, they got mentions. Um, Cookie, Cookie never never uh, ceases to amaze me with some of his humour. Uh, how about Michael Hancock, the Aussie League player, Beaver? He has to be in the team. Uh, I know exactly the Aussie League player you're playing. He's quite an angry wee winger, wasn't he? Uh, back in the day there, Cookie. Uh, so, yes, we can we can put him forward. Uh, oh, my God. Has anyone said Axel Rose? Definitely the number 10, of course. One of the great front men. Uh, would have to be included in there, especially after the show he put on at the Garden of Eden not so long ago. Axel Rose. Uh, hey, Beave. And uh, Kirst. How about Australian actor... Ruby Rose, she was one of the villains in John Wick Two. That's from down you know Ruby Rose. Would I know? Would I?
0: Yeah, she's a famous actress in Australia.
1: See, I I, I get lost on my Australian actors. I can't go past Margot uh, from uh, from Wolf of Wall Street. She's the only one I know. Why is that, Beef? Oh, just a hell of a performer. Very good performer. I Wonderful
0: performance in Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> wasn't it?
1: Yeah. mesmerizing. Some would say.
0: Outstanding. Uh, Axel Rose, you've read that one as well. Definitely yes. a 10. Jesus
1: Keep your nomination. Brilliant.
0: Oh, so many nominations. Um, what are we missing in our Teamless Tuesday? What positions are we a bit short on? We've, we've got the front
3: tall timber.
0: We need
4: some Four yeah. timbers. We need some yes. locks.
0: Okay, we need some locks. There we go. There is your call out. Give us some locks in Teamless Tuesday. We've got our Lucy's. We've got a 910. Got we've got a couple of speedsters. We've got a good we've midfield. We've got. got the
1: front- Front rows down pat with Front the... Front rows
0: covered. Locks you know, and
1: Lucy's? Locks and Lucy's. Just give us a bit of depth there, people.
0: There you go. Uh, give us some depth. Double eight, double three on the temper and Post text line or 0800 eleven Have you got any thoughts, Beef? Uh,
1: Straight off the bat, you know me, no. You've got to give me <laughs> far more, way much more time needed. Well, here
0: you go. Have a little bit of time. Uh, and in the meantime, send in your nominations for Teamless Tuesday.
3: This is the run
0: home on SENZ, all thanks to Rota by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, it is Valentine's Day today, and so we have dedicated our entire show or our entire team list today, our first 15, to Valentine's Day since we know it is Beaver's absolute favourite topic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. An old romantic, as they say, Kirse. Uh, Deep spent, down, you may not have oh, picked
0: it, but he I've is. has been days. Months, Tragic, they would say. is. Planning my planning.
1: next Valentine's move, um, and as always never disappoint. It's for sure.
0: Ever, you never Ever. disappoint, babe, uh, and neither does our text line. Our text line is fired up. We've asked you. We need a couple of locks. We need some tall timbers. A couple of locks. A couple of, of Lucy's in our love team, uh, and you've delivered.
1: Yes. Just like Derek they do Rose. on Valentine's Day. Yes, Derek Rose is lock, uh, tall enough and old enough to call the lineouts. Brilliant there from Ted, uh, Joe Hart, the big English keeper, or Andy and Grant Flowers appear from Adam. Yes, Andy and Grant Flowers, the Zimbabweans, the couple of the last of the great Zimbabwe cricketers. They were nominated early doors as a duo, a nine and ten combination perhaps. And uh, Joe Hart, the English keeper, we, I don't think we have had him nominated, but that's uh, that's another beauty. Um, and this one, what, where does Brian Joyce sit? Uh, what was he? He was he was a politician or something. Stephen some Joyce.
0: Yes, Stephen Joyce is a politician. Yes, do you not right. remember the incident, the I famous incident?
1: It. Yes, he I had a dildo. Oh, thrown at him. Love toy. There was that Stephen go.
0: Joyce?
4: Yeah, that was YT weekend. Joy. Was that's it? That's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. It'll be top of mind for many people. Well, he's been nominated, <laughs> uh, having once had the famous love toy thrown at his face. Um, maybe he sort could of, make the team. I
1: was going to say, is he a bit of tall timber? Is he quite how tall is he?
0: Stephen Joyce. Well, he
4: would be a prop. I don't know his
0: dimensions.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh so no, he I He
4: looked pretty stocky on camera.
1: Okay, well, could he be a, a load of a load of a ground seven or a six? Hmm. 59 years off. of age. Yes. Well, not. Uh, not going to Unfortunately,
0: Wikipedia doesn't have uh, the dimensions, the height and weight of our politicians, uh, so I can't tell you exactly that.
1: Well, well, when you're a uh, number seven you've got to be prepared to take absolutely anything that the opposition... Take throw the hits. Yeah, so maybe... Well, McCord did, not Yes. Well, I don't think you've had to take one of those, but... Uh, <laughs> he would have handled
0: it like an absolute professional.
1: No problem. So maybe Stephen Joyce uh, is our number seven. Uh, fantastic nomination, Brian. Really enjoyed that.
0: Mm, double eight, double three. If you've got any more nominations for Team List Tuesday, get them coming our way. After this, we are going to chat Super Bowl with our Australia and New Zealand ESPN correspondent. He hosts the Breaky Show uh, in Australia. Laurie Horish, did you watch the Super Bowl yesterday, Beev?
1: Now I'm ashamed to. And now it, it's a long time. It's a long time, and. It's been a long It's only been even longer Three days at our house We've had Paw Patrol On repeat They've got eight seasons Of Paw Patrol But I can assure you We're on our oh, second time watched through eight seasons. Oh seasons oh. times two We uh, Chase is on the case As young Jacko says um, We have Absolutely lived Paw Patrol For the last four days Because obviously Do
0: all three of them Like Paw Patrol Or do they not get a choice As young Jacko Roll the roast
1: No live, Lives on Paw Patrol And Jacko has to go with So he he doesn't mind it. They've got their little couches and they've got their rugs and away they go for 24-hour binges.
0: Well, how do you get roped in? Surely you've got something nothing, else to do.
1: Nothing else on tip. Te- well, there's only so much you can do inside. I mean, I've always got chores to do, of course.
0: <laughs> we'll be back right after this. It has just gone after 6 o'clock on your Tuesday. This is the Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to Mick Delivery with Kirsten Beeve, a show dedicated to love to Valentine's Day. Beeve's absolute favourite topic at this time of year. We've had another nomination for Teamless Tuesday today. Brett the Hitman, Hart for Blindside Flanker. There you go, Beeve. Once again. He's been nominated for our team. If you've got any last nominations, get them in double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. We're taking nominations. Anything about love? There is a lot to like about Valentine's Day, and that is our Teamless Tuesday for today. Coming up on the makers menu, thanks to Mick McDeliv- Delivery, we've got Laurie Horish coming on the program in just a moment. Plus Hamish Bennett a little bit later on to talk cricket, and we name our Teamless Tuesday. Our first fifteen all dedicated to Valentine's Day as well. That is. The Macca's menu, thanks to Mac Delivery, delivering your makers' favourites straight to your door. But if you caught the Super Bowl yesterday in Phoenix, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes lifted the Lombardi Trophy for the second time in four years. They had to claw back a ten-point halftime deficit but they did so late in the game to claim the victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. And joining us to talk about it from ESPN Australia and New Zealand, host of the NFL Breaky Show, Laurie Horish. Welcome back into the program and thank you so much for your time, Laurie. How did you rate that Super Bowl? Because it's being called an instant classic. So how do you compare that to others?
7: It's an absolute bell ringer. A phenomenal Super Bowl and it's a pleasure to be joining you guys again. Look, this was, I, th- I think a lot of people think modern great Super Bowls and one that instantly comes to mind is the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots, the 28-3 to comeback by uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots in that second half. But for me, that game was kind of, it was two shellackings in one contest. You know, the, 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 the Falcons dominated the first half and the Patriots dominated the second half. This was two bona fide number one seeds just throwing hammer blows back and forth at each other. Uh, it was two teams at their best. I know there's like 73 points scored, and you go, well, how did the defense really turn up? Yes, it was good defensive showings from both of those teams at times, um, to you know stall drives, to get stops, to force field goals, which was so pivotal in this game. Um, but uh, look, it was 58 minutes of the best Super Bowl action I've ever seen, and we do get some drama in the end, in the final two minutes. I'm very aware uh, who I'm speaking to right now, um, and I will <laughs> say, was I. Was I a little bit brought to a familiarity with the Bledisloe encounter earlier or in, in 2022 where it was this phenomenal game of modern rugby and then we had some refereeing controversy right at the end between our two lovely countries? Perhaps. Uh, but this was an instant classic and it's two about these two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, the yeah. first time two black quarterbacks based faced off in the Super Bowl and both playing at their absolute pinnacle. In my opinion, it's the best game I've seen Jalen Hurts play, particularly as a passer, particularly when he's under pressure. And for Patrick Mahomes, the second half, 13 out of 14, uh, the one incompletion he had uh, in the second half was a throwaway out the back of the end zone and they scored a touchdown the next play. He was simply perfect, running on that dodgy, you know, high ankle sprain, some huge rushes from him, clinical performance, four drives in the second half, four scoring drives, they were not stopped. The Eagles defense did not have an answer to him, but his creativity and his poison accuracy in the pocket, it was football of the highest order. So yes, definitely an instant classic.
0: And he's still a youngster, unbelievable.
1: And we're twenty-seven will some, years old. I was going to say you mentioned yeah. twenty-seven. Like, where will where is this guy going to end up? Like, there's obviously a the stat. He's the fifth player in history to win two MVP mm. and two Super Bowl rings. I mean, at twenty-seven, which is as we've seen from Mr. Brady, it's pretty young now for a quarterback. Where where could Patrick Mahomes end up?
7: Quite frankly, he could end up as the greatest of all time. I know we've wow. only just had kind of Brady take over <laughs> yes. most people's mantle. He sits at the top. And before that, you know, for much of Brady's career, you know, it was him and Peyton Manning. Um, And Peyton Manning for a long time led a lot of statistical categories. And then we've had Aaron Rodgers come along and he's played the, the position at a level that whilst he does, he's not decorated as either of those two. He, he has the one Super Bowl victory and the one Super Bowl appearance he's played the position at such a high level and before that obviously we're talking joe montana and four super bowl appearances four rings and he was the greatest of all time for a, for a period but patrick mahomes what he's done you mentioned five seasons as a starting quarterback five afc championship appearances two super bowls two super bowl mvps two mvps we've got passing yardage titles passing touchdown total touchdown yardage uh, sorry total touchdown leadership in seasons He's been the centerpiece of it throughout the whole thing, though. From day dot, from the first day he was he, he got that starting job, he has been the centerpiece of this prolific Chiefs operation. He's been the best in the game at what he does, which even for a Tom Brady, who won a couple of Super Bowl rings very early on, he was not the centerpiece. Those early, The first two Super Bowls in particular, you're looking at very good defensive performances, not a lot of massive offensive output, not, not a lot of passing completions or passing attempts. A different era to a degree in in football but it's not that far removed from where we are today someone like Ben Roethlisberger who also had early Super Bowl success a couple of Super Bowl rings early on again buoyed by uh, a phenomenal defense I mean Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl completing less than 10 passing attempts um, if my memory recalls correctly so just such a different tier of performance he is at a level where he's been an MVP candidate since he first entered the league we've never seen anything like this and For someone who grew up lucky enough, despite being born in 88, to have a dad that had me watching Michael Jordan live in his prime in the 90s and had me watching Tiger Woods in the late 90s and early 2000s. Look, I'm not saying he's either one of those, but I'm also saying don't ignore that level of greatness when it's playing out right in front of you. Don't wait till it's year 15 to look back and go, wow, that's what I watched. Really open your eyes and have a look at what's playing out on screen today.
0: Crazy comparisons and definitely something for us to to take note of, Laurie. There were so many amazing stories in the lead up to to that game, and uh, you see so many great moments as well. Do you have a favourite moment from the Super Bowl
7: yesterday? Can I say Rihanna? Um, uh, (laughs) Did you love that moment? I love that performance. I mean, you didn't want to speculate in the moment. We know in the media, we don't talk about, you know, if someone is,
3: is, we don't try
7: and out someone as having been pregnant before we have confirmation, but then the agency and her representation comes out and confirms it immediately after. For her to be, you know, to put on that level of performance on any day of the week was unbelievable. Yes, there's a backing track. They all have backing tracks at times. She's also singing throughout Um, the, the setting, the lighting, the setup. It was phenomenal. Then throw in the fact that she's pregnant, then throw in the fact that she's, cabled into the back of that platform oh, at times i thought it was a, how amazing a reminder i want to know
0: how that was floating
7: i uh, look to be fair i've spent more time in kind of the uh football analytics and the uh, pyrotechnics <laughs> department and the uh and the, <laughs> the mechanics that go into you know uh those cables at that level but it was something that visually it's something that you never seen and then you know, when it yeah. comes to the what we experienced in over the the sound waves, I mean, we're just reminded of a ridiculous catalogue of music that she has, um, a phenomenal performance. But as for something on the field, I think my favourite moment, I the back-to-back touchdowns that the Chiefs scored late in that game um, where they ran, it, one was to Kadarius Toney and then the other was to rookie Sky Moore. And it was the fake where they, they had a guy screaming across the formation. It was a fake and then he ran back out to the sideline. He was wide open and Mahomes hit him. They flip that play, once they did it to Tony, then the coaching staff, Andy Reid, that's the genius of him, gets down in position and goes, you know what? Let's do the same thing but run it to the other side of the field. That type of creativity and craftsmanship as an offensive brain was so satisfying and it really was a culmination moment. It was his Andy Reid, who for so long was an offensive genius and one of the great minds in the league without having Super Bowl success. Yes, he's already won one ring, but this was really a showcase for his game planning, his work with Patrick Mahomes, playing out against a very good defence in the biggest moment.
1: Now, mate, where does, where does this leave Philly? Because for us who sort of really started doling on the NFL probably a month out from here, we were told that Philadelphia, they, they're going to get this. This is their title to win. Will it be a massive setback? And and I guess what are they waking up to this morning? You talk about the performance from uh, from Hurts. Geez, you don't want to put in a performance like that when you're not,
7: not winning it in the end, are you? No, it hurts. You, you don't want to make any bad puns with the name Hurts. There's some pain <laughs> this morning when they wake up. Of course, there's some heartache there. Um, but what they got from Jalen Hurts, I mean, him taking his level of play, and he had the moment, the fumble that was costly, the touchdown from Nick Bolton, who was the defensive MVP of the game um, for any of the players out there, number 32 for Kansas City. but. Look, he had that moment, but he took his game, particularly as a passer, to a, a really impressive level. So they know that they've got their man going forward. They'll get into contact, contract negotiations. Um, they have some free agents that are leaving, but they've done a really good job drafting behind to have kind of air appearance to some of these key positions where players are aging out of the roster or they are hitting free agency. They also have you know immense amounts of draft capital because their general manager, Howie Roseman, has done a great job dealing, and he's put them in position to um to really be able to retool and refuel this roster the worst thing that you well not the worst thing but something you can say afterwards that that feels right in the moment but has been proven not to be true is that we'll be back um it's something that you know you want to hear people being motivated but go back to someone like dan marino who was as prolific as they come early in his career set passing yardage records in his you know er, the first couple of years of his his career and he never made it back to the super bowl after his second season Um, despite being, in many of people's opinions, one of the one, two, three greatest quarterbacks um, in NFL history, he never did make it back. Uh, Mahomes obviously has shown that it is possible when you're in a certain position to build a dynasty, but for the Eagles, um, look, they're talented enough. The GM, Howie Roseman, is impressive enough. They suffer a bit of a coaching loss. There's a bit of a brain drain at their coordinator positions who get head coaching opportunities. Their offense coordinator seems like he's gone, and the defensive coordinator could be out Um, finding a a head coaching opportunity as well so there's some things that you have to overcome but the roster is healthy the core is young um, and Jalen Hurts has has shown that his ceiling that people thought might exist on his career he's blown that um, completely into the sky and and a a phenomenal talent um, who has has work ethic and football character that you can bank on going forward.
0: Now look Laurie, you mentioned the word dynasty. When we talk about this Kansas City Chiefs side, when do we start talking about dynasties?
7: For me, I think dynasties are three Super Bowls. I think two Super Bowls is a great run. I think once you get to three Super Bowls within that kind of, period, I guess three Super Bowls within a decade, would we say, um, within a 10-year span would kind of be a dynasty. I think you think of, obviously, the New England Patriots, and before that we're talking about the, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. That You know, the, the Niners span the 80s and 90s from, uh, I mentioned Joe Montana into Steve Young, and the '90s with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders coming on board. I think we're talking three Super Bowls. So, look, the the Chiefs, as I said, you can't, you don't just go, oh, we made it one year to be easy to roll it back. You build each season anew, um, especially with a 53 man roster. You're going to have turnover, you're going to have roster churn, but I think uh, they're they're well equipped, and particularly that 10 year contract that they have, that they had uh, Patrick Mahomes locked into it the way financials work in the nfl without getting into very boring numbers and decimal points you can with a 10-year deal you can move money around into future years to give yourself the flexibility it's what it's all about it's giving yourself the financial and roster flexibility to add where you need to to fill roster holes and and question marks on your roster it just gives you that move movement uh to be able to keep keep, keep refreshing that that lineup and uh and making yourself a, a formidable force to make post-season runs
0: Speaking of roster, there's obviously been a number of Australians that have featured uh, at the Toppen and in Super Bowl. Um, are we expecting any more in the next season? Over the off season, are we expecting anyone from the NRL, the AFL, to go over and have another crack or have a crack?
7: Ooh, I'm not sure about NFL and NRL and AFL. We will see. I mean, I think there's a bigger conversation around NRL and rugby union with the uh, the home World Cup in Australia um, <laughs> a few years down the track, um, but. What I can say is that scouts are looking in this area. Um, there mm-hmm. are scouts having a good look at New Zealand and Australia and the Pacific Islands. They're looking for this talent. It's not fair to say, I mean, people will say, oh, they're looking for the next Jordan I mean, Jordan Maillarder is phenomenal poster boy, and poster, poster man, I should say, for the yeah. NFL's international efforts. Seeing Daniel Farlele, drafted to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Thomas Yasmin, uh, who was a schoolboy rugby star in Australia, uh, playing at one of the big big colleges here. Um, he's over with the Utah Utes playing college football, had a really strong end to his season, caught about half a dozen touchdowns in the final half of their campaign, including one in their, uh, in their bowl game at the Rose Bowl. He's, I think, we'll go back to Utah for one more year and then I think could be a very interesting draft prospect. We're talking six four, six five, two in their measurements, 250 pounds, runs a four, sub four, 5'40". So very, very athletic. Wow. Um, he's an outside back in rugby. There's a name to watch, but there are scouts looking. Uh, We also have three more players that have gone as part of this uh, the latest crop for the International Player Pathway Program, two Aussies and one one New Zealander uh, that have gone over to Florida as part of the next stage. If they progress through to the kind of uh, final four, five, six, the number um, is usually four uh, players that that get allocated to a particular division, gets an extra international spot on their practice squad. So we could see more player representation there. But yeah, this is just, the beginning we have academies here that have been part of this pipeline as well kind of athletic performance academies in australia that have players going over play high school and college football but this is just the beginning the presence we have an nfl australia operation down here now that's obviously got eyes on new zealand as well um so yeah we are just at the early stages of this and having someone waving the banner like a Mylada at a position like offensive line is is a huge step
0: Amazing insights, Laurie. Thank you so much for your time and talking Super Bowl with us. It's been great to chat once again.
7: Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much. Laurie Horish joining us there uh, from ESPN Australia and New Zealand with all the juice uh, from the Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix yesterday. And amazing news as well about the scouts being down here, about these academies being set up. We could see more Kiwis, more Australians join uh, the NFL, uh, and that'll just get more Kiwis and Australians watching the sport, won't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I guess at this time of year, we all look at it and think, wow. And then is, hey, all you need is one of those 16-, 17-year-olds who are looking at and going, well, I'm going to give this a red-eye crack and that. try and do it myself.
0: Well, we know the money involved. We've mentioned yeah. Jordan Mylata and what he was on uh, as a second grader at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and you compare that to what he was on at the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, that alone would make you think, why do I not do this sport? Why do I not give it a crack? Here is something else for Teamless Tuesday. Thought it was a little bit cryptic, but it's not. Uh, Teamless Tuesday is all about the love today. Valentine's Day, of course. Someone's texting Shaq. Love Shaq, of course. So Shaquille O'Neal. He's a big man. You're after some love Shaq. <laughs> uh,
1: love Shaq and uh, a big bit of big bit of gear. Uh, be tough to lift in the lineup, but I don't think we'll need to. I think we'll chuck him in the in the second row and away he goes.
3: There you
0: go. There is a nomination for your locks. We need a few more locks. A couple of tall timbers for our team. Double eight, double three is the number to text through. Uh, and when we come back, we are talking about the women's IPL auction. The numbers are staggering.
1: Leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Hold on to your seats. It's the Run Home with Kirsten Beeve.
3: By organization
0: Vertical Logistics, your freight and logistics specialist. Now, this is all about the women's IPL because yesterday or overnight, 450 players entered the auction for the first time. The women's IPL from across the globe. Five franchises had $2.2 million, New Zealand dollars, worth of salary cap to spend. Our very own Amelia Kerr pinched the most for a Kiwi and guess how much she will receive when she plays for the Mumbai Indians beef.
1: Oh, a hundred and fifty
0: a hundred and ninety thousand New Zealand dollars and oh. the first w p l auction see she secured uh by signing on with the Mumbai Indians. She wasn't the only one uh the top player. Uh, went to the Royal Challengers Bangalore. They paid a whopping six hundred and fifty thousand New Zealand dollars uh, for Mandana, uh, one of the Australians. Ashley Gardner was picked up by Gujarat Giants for six hundred and ten thousand New Zealand dollars. Uh, it is huge money, and it got me thinking. There are all these sports now that previously be haven't offered money or not significant amounts of money to women's sport, but it is changing, isn't it? We're seeing the Black Caps with contracts for the first time no they're not on this sort of scale but it's only a matter of time isn't it what sports are you going to get your daughter into you've got all sorts of options now but when you see those types of figures and what Amelia Kerr will provide for her and her family what are you getting Liv into
1: well that's the key what you just said well she'll provide for her and her family so if Liv's going to provide for me um look isn't isn't it brilliant that suddenly things like this like I mean you imagine being a little girl when you were growing up uh, curse, which obviously that was netball. Years. That was the only but yeah, option. <laughs> but it wasn't. I wouldn't have even thought it would have been. Maybe it had just gone professional then. Or as far as the ANZ Championship with the with the Australian aspect, but it wouldn't have been big money that you were you're looking at. You, you can imagine that this is just the start of the IPL. Um, what? How does that compare to other? There wouldn't be many sports outside of cricket now, as far as team well, sports Well, tennis, know, if you. Yes. no not yep. team
0: sports but if you're looking at individual sports like golf and tennis if you're in golf what that top 10 top 20 you're getting yep. a significant amount of money but this will be your start you imagine in five years time what these IPL yes. women's IPL auctions are bringing in once the exactly. broadcast revenue gets up this is huge money and we're only talking about five franchises
1: yeah and, and like imagine Amelia here, obviously a superstar of our country's cricket cricket team but what have she been doing before today um I think they they all were holding down some sort of jobs, weren't they? As far as the Mm. the Kiwi girls go, so wonderful news, and as you say, it's just it's just another option.
0: And is this just the start? Do all the other leagues around the world now have to follow this, just like uh, we've seen with the men's T20 competitions around the world? You've got the Pakistani competition, South Africa. You've obviously got the Big Bash League. Uh, you had the new one in Abu Dhabi or Dubai that has just started. So does that mean that potentially these female cricketers could travel around the world as T20 specialists, clipping the ticket just like our boys, Jimmy Nasham and all those guys do? Because
1: well, we if that's uh, the
0: case, put her into cricket now.
1: She's in cricket. Uh, we've talked to insiders <laughs> in the past and they've said, look, it's it's very much heading the direction of, say, a Mumbai Indians will become a global franchise and they'll be in five or six leagues around the world. So you wouldn't say no, would you? Obviously, we already have the the big bash equivalent in Australia. Um, and, you know, obviously, the New Zealand one doesn't pay the same super smash. So the, the leagues are there to go, Kurs. It's just a matter of the big ones forking up the money too. So so why not? Uh, there merely occurs in that. A prime to have a wonderful few years ahead of them.
0: That is a game changer. Uh, that move and congratulations to Amelia Kerr as well, uh, leading the way in personalising your freight services. at Verticallogistics.co.nz. Uh, Teamless Tuesday today, as you know, is all about Valentine's Day. And Jacob, you have a suggestion.
4: I do, and it's not. So, it's not. It comes from a movie that I haven't seen. I, I have to preface uh, my following <laughs> statement um, with that. But I, I am nominating uh, Magic Mike, uh, Channing Tatum, just because it's a it's a movie I've been seeing on the uh, TV screen being advertised recently. It must be coming out probably today or tomorrow. Um, well, just, is
3: there
0: a third edition of Magic oh, Mike? Is last
4: there? Dance. Magic Mike, What last about the dance. timing? Oh, the God. timing
0: to drop it on Valentine's Day.
4: I'm frothing for it. I've got to be honest. I've... I'm well keen for Magic Mike's last dance.
1: Yeah, well, he, he does catch the eye to, to many a young female, by all accounts. So I don't think you're the only one frothing for it there, Jacob. Not just single <laughs> ladies either.
0: The trilogy, Magic Mike, out in cinema shortly. Everyone was waiting for Jacob. it. And that is uh, your teamless Tuesday. If you've got any more nominations, we'll be naming our team right after Hamish Bennett, who's coming up right after News & Sport with Johnny Mack. you're listening to The Run Home on SENZ all thanks to Mick Delivery. now we are less than 48 hours away from the start of the first test between New Zealand and England at Bay Oval and there's a little bit to unpack Matt Henry Kyle Jamison have been ruled out of the first test in comes uh, Jacob Duffy Scott Kogaline. and to talk about it we are very lucky to have Hamish Bennett joining us on the line who's been there done that before we're bringing in the expert Hamish great to chat again it's back New Zealand summer of Cricket, we were made to wait a while, but this is going to be blimmin' good. Uh, how big a loss is Jamison and Henry, and can you talk to us a little bit about Duffy and Coogline coming in?
8: Yeah, hey, good afternoon, guys. Good to be back on. Um, yeah, expert, I'm not quite sure about that, but I'll take it. Uh, um, yeah, look, I think, um yeah obviously Henry having this, you know, Matt Henry having his first child, you can't blame him for, for yeah. being there. Um, you know, if he wasn't, you would never hear the end of it, and it's obviously a great experience <laughs> to... Um, to to be Is there it? to see your to see your first one, so um, well you know if you if you stay up if you stay up at uh, the top end, it's a pretty good experience. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so you can't blame him on that. There's was obviously more to more to life than cricket. Um, and then obviously with Kyle, obviously there's a little bit of mention there about you know from the fans, but disappointment about him only playing one test and about management and workload. I guess that's that famous word that the All Blacks have used. That's obviously. Um, probably been a you know gets overused at times but it does have a, a quite significant meaning in this instant it's shown that um obviously how crucial it was those workloads for cole and unfortunately yeah broken down again so um unfortunately probably won't see him till the start of next summer so um i think with duffy and and kugel i think with duffy it's obviously the, the conditions will help him swings the ball away from the right hander can bowl sort that mid 130s um and has done a good job for Tiger over the years. I wouldn't worry about what happened um, in India because I know some people will be saying, "You know, he went for a hundred in India, but that was white ball cricket, completely different conditions." Um, you know, it's it's bloody tough to play cricket in India. So um, I think Duff will be will be good, and obviously with that, you know, you throw that turn around summer pretty loosely. I thought um, <laughs> a bit of rain around and that, so it could it would be an interesting wicket. That's what I'm, what I'm most intrigued to see is what the preparation has been like for the groundsmen. Um, and what the wicket will be like, and obviously Kugan to run and hit the deck, um, and he'll challenge the English English batters upstairs. He'll he'll bowl a lot of chin music, um, can shape the ball away, but he's a pretty aggressive guy, and and will will bowl 100 um, percent every delivery.
1: But why we are on the pitch and uh, and what's going to unfold there? I mean, obviously we would have wanted something with a bit of uh, movement in it, but. There, I say they would be pretty happy if uh, there's a bit of greenness to the pitch too. Considering, I guess, their bowling lineup and and their experience. Because, so what? What really? Who does this really favour? The atrocious weather that I know you're now not a part of, living the good life in Australia.
8: Well, it's actually pissing down at the moment, so <laughs> makes you a little bit hot
1: at the moment. So it's been bloody hot. So it's actually
8: pissing down now. So um, I'm, I'm feeling your pain. Um, <laughs> Oh, I still think I still think it favours New Zealand to an extent. I mean England England are gonna take the game on regardless of what happens and I think um Basil was used to say in a spark commentary and on his um, morning show that um you know New Zealand were the best team in the world when the ball moved laterally. So I think when the ball's moving around that's actually to our advantage. Um the English won't like that, they're playing with the kookaburra, the bowlers. Um, they obviously love the Duke ball, so that's what what a lot of English um guys don't really enjoy. So I think there's things in our favour. We're just got to make sure that we get off to a good start in the Test match and know that some of the mistakes we made in England were that we tried to set games up and we tried to you know, make a game and see if they were going to play to win and all that sort of stuff. We know that they're going to play to win, so we just need to go out, play our game, and almost try and make England do a little bit more than they have to to try and win games.
1: When you look at, obviously, the, the withdrawals and... We're being told today that one of Kugelheim or Duffy will, in fact, make their test debut. Where else do you see the team selection? Bracewell, he, he'll be a lock in, won't he? So, Sodi, he'll just miss out, you think?
8: Yeah, I guess it will depends on the pitch, but when they have a look, I haven't seen it. So, I think it all depends on the colour of the pitch. So, I think if it's obviously going to, um, if it was dry like it was last January um, against Bangladesh, then I'd definitely play Sodi as an aggressive option. Um, but I think if it's gonna be green in that I think Bracewell's just there for his extra batter to strengthen the batting. He's probably just gonna bowl a few overs to up the over rate or wait for the second new ball to come on. So it's about finding that balance of, of what the pitcher's gonna do and, and um how much play they think could be lost through through weather. But the mount, um, the outfield is like the best outfield in the world for drainage. Um you can't you can never play a rain card. Um, if you playing in Mount because you know that you, you have a big, good
1: chance of getting on the field. Mate, when you when you look at this English team, obviously, great success under Is uh, Obviously, you've got your big names that we've known for, for the best parts of a decade. Now, is there anyone of this new crop that, you know, as New Zealand fans who might not have been paying much attention uh, that are going to jump out at us and, and could potentially scare us? Obviously, they've got the Broad, Andersons, the Stokes and Roots and all the rest of it, but is there any of the other ones that, you think we might be about to get taught exactly who they are?
8: Yeah, I think, I like, the, like Ben Duckett. I like the way um, he goes about the top of the order. Obviously, to know from Alex Lee, um, he did really well in, in Pakistan. Um, being quite a bit of a white ball player, had a little bit of the, the red ball stuff early in his career, but fell away and now he's come back under Baz and looks like he's just playing this T20 in one day style. And also Harry Brook as well, obviously, um, really good player, young player. Um, went for quite a bit in the auction um, in the IPL. So, you know, those two guys are probably guys that are away from those bigger names that people can watch. Um, but your ducker will take the game on early opening the batting. So, it will definitely be an exciting series. Um, there's no doubt about that.
1: Now, producer Jacob, massive fan of Ajaz, <laughs> And he just can't get his head around the fact that they've got Jack Leach, who they take absolutely everywhere around the world with them. And still no sign of Ajaz in our lineup. Well, can you can you give some rationale to young producer Jacob? Because he's going down to sit at all five days at the mountain this week, and he wants to know why not.
3: Um,
8: yeah, it's a great question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there could be a study on it, or there could be, at least there's <laughs> probably, um, maybe at least they've got rid of the finally the bring back Buck signs. There could be some bring back AJ signs. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those questions, obviously, I think. Um, So he probably added something, getting that um, six foot in Pakistan and and bowling really well, especially to the tail enders as well, being able to turn the ball both ways. Um, And then I think you look at someone like Bracewell or Sackner, who has played in the past as well. It's probably more the batting option that strengthens the batting. So I think with um, Yeah, I think he's probably going to go down as one of the most unlucky cricketers um, (laughs) to have played the game because he unfortunately played the game and, new zealand and for us to win um test matches and for us to you know be the world Test champions you know we play we basically won the world Test championship without bowling spin really um which is mm. you know most countries go to so um i think it's just purely down to our conditions unfortunately he's just a really unlucky bugger
0: another name uh who won't be there in the mount on the Pitch anyway, but uh, is not too far away. Trent Bolt, what would you have done uh, with the situation? He's obviously back home uh, in New Zealand at the moment. Uh, a couple of injuries. Would you have called him up, or do you think do you think they've done the right things? Gary Stead here and given some experience to a few newbies.
8: Um, well, the test matches don't really well sounds bad, doesn't it? But it's they're not world test championship test matches, so you got to look at it from that mm. perspective, and also you got to look at what Trent's been doing as well. So. Um, you know, as New Zealand cricket, you know, looking after Trent as well by not playing him in this series because um, I mean, you know, if he comes out and he's been playing t 20 since you know November or since the World Cup basically, and was which is October, November till now, and he comes out and has to bowl 20, 20 to twenty-five overs day one, then he's probably straight to the MRI machine as well with back pain, and then he's got the IPL coming up, and he's got other things coming up as well. So I think it was probably. A, if they did talk, speak to Trent, I think it would have been a mutual discussion that um, this one's probably a good series to miss and maybe strengthen their depth and then look towards that Sri Lanka series if, if he's available. But also we've got to remember as well the next lot of contractings coming up in August. So mm. who's not to say Trent and Niche, if they get offered contracts um, and Guppy that they won't take them? You know we've got to remember that as well. It's not like that, you know that, um, they've given up contracts for two or three years. They've given up contracts for. Six or seven months, so I'm sure when it comes to World Cup time, they'll they'll be on the books.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: just so
0: that's the context that we need. That's the context <laughs> that we must, yeah. don't
1: we? It's 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 perfect timing. And uh, speaking, I guess, of the World Game, you're living in Australia at the moment. Uh, tell me, the, the three and a half day was it three and a half days that they survived? Is a few of them come under a bit of pressure? Any truth to the rumour of it? Warner, you think maybe potentially spot on the on thin ice? Yeah,
8: well. I remember in the office, they sort of said, you know, I think we'll win and it'll be the best Test series ever. And I said, you're going to lose 4-0. And everyone absolutely refused. <laughs> so. um, and then I remember they had the partnership and I said, you might even get 200 here. They got 170. And then I said, second said, they're going to have to fight. So you'll be lucky if you get 100. So oh, i the channel. And it all worked out perfectly. So I think they're pretty... Quick to you know, we're pretty quick to jump on our own, especially with the All Blacks. Um, I think they're pretty mm-hmm. quick to jump on their own. They yeah. talk about... I mean, I can't get over the, how Travis Head wasn't selected. I mean, and um got a lot of runs in um, and, and the Australian summer. I think you got a reward there. I think his confidence would have taken a bit of a hit. But also, people say, replace Warner. It's like when people say to me, I need to replace Williamson. He's passed. Yeah. Well, who are you going to replace him with? Who are you going to replace him with? That's been yeah. my question. They say, oh, you know, Renshaw could open. Well... Renshaw didn't exactly like the light the first test on fire either. So, I mean, I, I just think the danger is if you drop Warner, then he's gone. He, he'll he just retire from test cricketing straight on, onto the circuit. So if they're willing to take that risk before going into the Ashes and before going to the World Test Championship, then I think that's what they've got to be thinking about. Warner, he's, he's not the worst player in the world, so I'd back him to become pretty good. He, he quite likes controversy in that, so I think he'll bar up. <clears throat>
1: And you'd imagine you'd imagine opposition teams would be a lot happier with a Warner not in their lineup, uh, <laughs> as opposed to being out there in the batting for Aussie, wouldn't you?
3: Well,
8: the ACC Instagram account would no longer be running if David Warner stopped playing <laughs> his cricket. they will have no content. <laughs> exactly. So, so he oh. needs to he needs to be playing he needs to be playing for that purpose. I um, <laughs> oh, definitely, I think teams will enjoy when Warner isn't playing, but. Yeah. Um, I think he's just that easy fool guy, you know, that's taking a lot of the, you know, he's taking a lot of the hit around the sandpaper incidents. He takes a lot of the hit when the team doesn't do very well. And when the team does do well, then he's, um, he's, you know, he's put in lights a little bit, but probably not as much as the others. So um, whether you, you love him or you hate him, he has copped it probably a bit harsher than, than the rest of the, the mob. Um, but yes, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? International sport, you know, Exactly, what that's like. Be you know, people came pretty hard at you, and then you kicked it between the posts and you shut them up, didn't you? So that's a way to (laughs) shut your critics up is by performing on the field.
0: Very good, Uh, and you're right, indeed, Hamish. You're such a good chat. Thank you so much for bringing wit and expertise to this program. We lemon well needed on the run home. Thank you so much.
8: (laughs) I think you're getting close to seven. I think you're running out of steam.
3: (laughs) Not at all, mate. Thank you. Thank you you so much, Hamish Bennett
0: joining us there out of Australia uh, with all the knowledge and expertise in the world. He's brilliant every time we get him on the program, isn't he? Um, laugh and a half, but also is coming with some cold, hard
1: facts. Absolutely. Jesse's got a good mind on him. You, can see, does, what he's coaching. you can see what he's coaching. Yes.
0: Um, what about him putting the Aussies in his place? They wouldn't have liked to hear his honesty, but he was dead right with all his predictions.
1: He didn't miss, did he? He didn't miss. He didn't miss. That. They didn't want to hear have, it. I wanted to talk to him about it before that second test. See You're tipping. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very, very good coaching brain on him does. Hamish Bennett, so lucky to have him as a regular on our program as well. Uh, that first test between New Zealand and England's coming up on Thursday from Bay Oval. Uh, now, still to come on the run home, we are getting close to 7 o'clock, but we still have to name our teamless Tuesday as voted by you, our Valentine's Day special. You're going to love this, excuse the pun. You're going to absolutely <laughs> love it. That's coming up right after this with Beave. <laughs> This is Teamless Tuesday, and it is all thanks to you. Thank you for every single person for sending in your messages and your nominations. Today's Teamless Tuesday is brought to you by Kennards Hire. Make your job easy, kennards.co.nz. And it is a dedication to beaver and love. This is the Thank story of love.
1: Thank you, Kirst. This is certainly inspired more from you than me. But anyway, the Valentine's Tuesday. And we'll start up front with brother love and dude love propping the scrums with Stormy Daniels in between them at hooker. Joe the hitman Hart is uh, at lock with Love Shack Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Joe Root gets a spot on this blind side flank. Stephen Joyce will be open side flanker. Famously took some sort of toy to the face there a few years ago. But number eight will be Fanny Schmeller from uh, horse riding fame. McLovin will be at nine. Axel Rose, the great frontman at ten. Melatonin Rossi got many a vote. He'll be on the left wing. Derek Rose, the wonderful basketballer, will be a powerhouse in midfield. Brandon Flowers, former Kansas City Chief quarterback, will be the midfield partner for Rose. The honey badger, Nick Cummins, makes a surprise inclusion on the right-hand wing. And Andy Flower, the great Zimbabwean, at the back. Be a very calculated fullback, indeed. Coached by the great Kiwi John Hart, the manager Hugh Hefner, and the opposition. Well, who else could it be but the Red Roses of England?
3: It's okay. It
0: never disappoints it never fails and neither do you so thank you for sending in your messages for team list Tuesday this week that is it all thanks to Ken Hire. make your job easy talk to someone who's taken the Ken oath today thank you for your messages thank you for your time hopefully you enjoyed the show today go back if you missed anything and listen on our ECNZ app Hamish Bennett was absolutely brilliant as he always is uh, and we will see you tomorrow if you're in the North Island stay safe stay away from Cyclone Gabrielle have a good night